2006 All these diamonds dancing on my fucking neck cost like four bricks Ain't no way that I be toting on that truck don't make no sense He a million dollar nigga but be posted in the bricks uh, It make no sense, yeah, yeah, it make no sense, no It make no sense, yeah, yeah. make no sense, yeah. make no sense, no Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host Julian. I'm with my co-host Justin. You and uh, you know we have uh, quite the show here. I guess today we got some things to talk about. Obviously, we want to get more into the Heat Nation effect and what they've taken to take how they've taken over the league. We've had some some winter meetings um, that were kind of successful for New York, teams like Los Angeles, teams like Washington. Uh, and then in the NFL, in the NFL, we have a couple games this weekend. Not too many, but we got a couple games that I think are interesting and, and you know, have playoff implications. A couple of them have huge playoff implications. Huge, huge. Um, and another one is just a classic. So we'll cover all of that. Um, I just quickly wanted to jump into the MLB world where, where uh, you know, Garrett Cole signs at $324 million deal Mm-mm-mm. stretched over nine years. Um, the only thing that was wrong about this is is the fact that it's in New York City and they're taking about hmm. 130 of them, <laughs> 130 of them M's taxed. Um, you know, unfortunately, that, that federal tax rate is fairly high in New York City. But nonetheless, you know, Garrett Cole is going to get his 170 million or whatever the case is after the end of the day, uh, over nine years, and, and he gets to pitch in the Big Apple. This is their biggest free agent signing in a while. I think this is, you know, bigger than the uh, Giancarlo Stanton oh, for sure. signing. Because um, you know, pitching is so crucial, I think, and I think that's the reason why they didn't make it to the World Series last year was just the edge exactly. of pitching that uh, Houston had over them. So I think this is huge for them. And who did Houston have? Garrett Cole. There you go. Cy Young winger. So when you see a picture of this magnitude, you know, on the market, again, you know, they had the op- the option to go with the Steven Strasburg, who is right there with Garrett Cole as one of the best pitchers in the league. But um, one, I think Strasburg knew he, he wanted to stay home. Yeah. And I think Washington knew that as well. So, or excuse me, I think the Yankees knew that as well. So they kind of let them do their thing, and they knew that Garrett Cole wanted nothing to do with Houston – so yeah, he was like, "All right, we can go after him." Not only that, but I think it's a it's a two for one in the sense of one they address the pitching, and two they take away from Houston, who has really been a thorn in their side right. for the past two to three yeah, uh, in the years. AL. Yeah, um, so yeah, they get to take a page out of their book. Hopefully, it doesn't come with the cheating, uh, but I don't think Eric Cole was a part of that anyway. <laughs> so um, they 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 kind of win the off season so far with that with that signing because that's big news for them. That can take them over the hump, and if they can stay healthy, they really do have the hitters. I know they, they lost Didi Gregorius, who signed a one-year deal in Philly, uh, which is a little weird. But, um, you know, the Yankees can take the next step with this if, if you know, Chris Sale is going to go and have a poor year like he did this year. Mm. You know, all options are on the table. Hopefully the Red Sox can come back and they can bring Mookie Betts back. And, uh, you know, J.D.'s coming back. Chris Sale's there. Make something work. But, um if not, that's going to be pretty scary with that AL East because uh, Garrett Cole having to face him is going to be pretty challenging. So um, 
as we were saying, the Nationals did re-up and they got Strasburg for seven more years, right? That number one pick out of the 2009 draft. He He's throwing 97, you know. He pitched in the World Series, pitched his ass off in the playoffs. Um, he held it down when, when the, the Nationals pitching staff did a tremendous job this playoff. And that's, like you said, why, you know, the bag is getting thrown because pitching is so valuable. And then, you know, these pitchers are getting paid off of playoff appearances or playoff performance. And mm-hmm. a guy like Garrett Cole and a guy like Steven Strasburg this past year, you know, we really saw them to go after each other during the World Series. You know, each game was one on the road for the World Series. And uh, the Nationals ended up beating Garrett Cole and the, and the Astros in seven. So uh, I think the Nationals kind of got the home team discount, you know, going seven years, 245. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't have to break. I don't think they're going to break the bank like, uh, like the Yankees had to. I think the Yankees wanted to make an offer that nobody else, you know, had a chance to compete with. And with Strasburg, I think, you know, they already had that relationship there. So um, two, two, 245 is... Like, we talk about football I mean, players. It's, it's, it's nice. Football it's players nice. are getting sixty-five year deals, forty-eight million. You know, five year deals, fifty-two million, and like we're talking about, you know, two hundred more million. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's just different. I mean, when not not just the the size of the rosters, but really. You're paying for the longevity. That's why you're seeing these seven-year, right. nine-year. I mean, and aside from the fact of maybe a just crazy, horrific injury, the baseball, last time I checked, is not very a contact sport. I think the most contact you probably see is if somebody rushes them out. Right, or a retaliation pitching. Yeah, so, I mean, you just, you just almost the closest thing to being guaranteed that you'll have this player throughout, you know, their career. And that's that's really what you're paying for. And that's why football players are so big on their guaranteed money because right. nothing in football is guaranteed. It's always different from play to play. Um, but, yeah, as far as baseball, I mean, pitching is just, I think, as I mean, I think it's always been crucial because it's kind of like if you want to make an equivalence, kind of like the quarterback. But right. I just think just the demand that a pitcher – really ask for and needs mm-hmm. that can just really do I mean like it's on show not just the last you know two or three seasons but definitely like you said in, in the in the World Series right and it's made or uh, broken a lot of teams and like the Yankees which is why they went and made that move because yeah. they're seeing the direction in which the league is going and I think it's only gonna continue. Yeah, and then the Angels go and make a splash with Anthony Rendon, who had a and, and like I said, like these playoffs made these players paid. Yeah, like yeah. these are three players who performed their ass off in the playoffs this past year and got paid for it. Anthony Rendon. He hit a go ahead home run versus the Dodgers in uh, Game Five of the NLCS. Who you know that kind of put the series. You know, in a tough position for the Dodgers to win. Then he goes and hits that home run in Game 7 of the World Series. And just, I mean, put himself in a position to be able to go to L.A. and take $245 million right yeah. off the table. Yeah. Like, 
it's just it's amazing to see because you know everybody was calling for it when he hit those home runs and played you know those big time moments in the playoffs defense as well um you know everybody figured he'd get the bag uh i wanted him to stay in washington just as far as you know that team's success and what they did last year but obviously with the strasburg signing i don't think they could afford uh you know to keep rendon at that price and obviously in rendon's mind why wouldn't you go play with mike trout and uh you know, try to go make something happen in L.A., $245 million. Like, what's the worst that can happen? And real quick, I want to get your opinion on it. Since, you know, we see all these teams trying to make these moves for, you know, for the future of the franchise. If you're the Dodgers, what is your goal in, in this, you know, I guess free agency? I mean, it's weird because I think pitching should have been one of their major things, and it still can be. There's a couple pitchers uh, that are still going to be available here, but obviously the splash of a Cole or a, or a um, Strasburg goes away. And I think that's part of having Clayton Kershaw and like not wanting to kind of disrespect or, or make anything awkward because at the end of the day, Clayton Kershaw and Dave Roberts have to be looked at some type of way here because the managing in the playoffs and then, you know, the, bull, the, the use of the bullpen and the use of the starting pitching in the playoffs on Dave Roberts' part, the uh, the actual play from Clayton Kershaw that we've seen over and over in the playoffs that he's kind of unsuccessful, yeah. um, can't can't kind of get to that next level, and he's literally the best pitcher in the game, you know, quote unquote. Um, I think this year you're just gonna have to look at everything and say, all right, well, this is kind of the one of our last chances that we're gonna really have as one of the best teams. I'm sure they're gonna be atop the the MLB, you know, in general because they have a lot of talent. But with Clayton Kershaw starting, you know, caliber talent, when he's on, he's on, right? It's it's not something to to question. When he's healthy and when he's on, he's on. But him being healthy and him being on in the playoffs don't seem to kind of go hand in hand. So. it's going to be – to me, I don't know if free agency is the, their answer this year. I think they still have talent on their roster right now to go ahead and try to win a World Series. But I think just putting it together, they're like, you know, like like a, like a step above like the Houston Texans of the NFL. Like they show up and they, they seem like they can just get it done. And, you know, every year they kind of prove to us that it's Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, well, yeah we, see, we see it in sports all the time, teams that are always – you know, at the beginning of the season, they're in the mix. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, mentioned the talent and how they have this and that. But then when it comes to playoffs, I mean, look at yeah. the look at the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets have had that literally every year, even when everything says that they should go, you know, yeah. to the finals or should win the finals. Something somehow happens, whether it be James Harden, coaching, whatever. Right. So. Yeah, and then... As, uh, lastly, with this MLB talk, uh, since obviously we are in the uh, off season, but MLB announced today that they're going to stop testing for marijuana in their drug tests, which is only going to test for opioids and which is huge, and you know other stuff like that. Because and and yeah, it is huge, and, and I think the NBA and the NFL will and soon shall follow along with this trend because. Um, I mean, we've seen time after time athletes talk about, you know, after they leave, you know, the Matt Barnes of the league, the Percy Harvin. There's another one I'm sure I'm probably missing. Steven um, Jackson. Steven Jackson. Oh, wasn't wasn't Calvin Johnson another one? 
Yeah, yeah, Calvin Johnson. What's his name? Uh, Basketball player, old school basketball player, tall. Oh man. Who did he play for? Played for the Knicks. Played for. Was it was it Terry? Oh, no, it wasn't Terry. No, 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 no. This is like nineties. What's his? Oh, nineties. Come on, dog. You serious? Not Marbury. No, 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 no. I'll get it later. I'll get it later. But anyway, we see these advocate athletes come out after they retire and yeah, um, you know, talk about how they use marijuana and they use it during the season. Or I mean, look Percy at Harvin said look he used during the games. Gronk. <laughs> look what Gronk's doing. First, first thing he did when he when he got out the league, he got the bag for CBD. So. Um, it's a it's a good step forward because it's obviously something positive. And in the sports world, where in the NFL we see how you know they drain the players with these pills and and force them to uh, you know kind of be uh, dependent. Depend, that's the word dependent on on these drugs to kind of make them numb. And it's not like feel better. It's numbness and uh, which is not the, which is you know, not the same. Right with marijuana, I guess they're feeling a different you know uh, relief and. The MLB and Rob Manford, you know, thankfully have taken notice of that and uh, made that, you know, a regular thing. And like I said, I think the NBA, and you mentioned Adam Silver, will probably get a jump on this. Uh, I mean, because Adam Silver gets asked about this almost like every offseason when, you know, the NBA is around, around the corner and they have their big, you know, press or whatever. He's really always asked this. And, you know, he's, he, you know, he says he's, you know, we're constantly looking into it and, you know, whatever, you know. And we're aware of, you know, things like opioids and, you know, and such. And we're going to do whatever we can to benefit the players. Right. And we're going to, you know, keep kind of getting more opinions from different people and just drawing whatever analysis we can and doing the due diligence of research on it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, and I just, like I said, I've always said that Alan Silver is just head and, silver, I mean, head and shoulders above everybody else as far as, uh, you know, running, running the, the NBA so, but and then like we said, the the probably the league that really needs is NFL. But <laughs> we all know how we'll talk about that another yeah. time. Yeah, that's the Roger Goodell story. But um, speaking of the NBA, last night I believe it was Joel and B got called out by Shaq and Chuck for Rightfully lack of so. for lack of effort. You know, lack of opposing his will um, and lack of dominance because they say that. And we know this, that Joel Embiid can be one of the best players in the league. He is one of the best players in the league, but he can be, you know, great every night if he was to impose his will and, and you know, just give that 100% effort every night like Shaq did, like Barkley did. And uh, they asked him about it this morning before the Celtics game, and he agreed and said, you know, maybe they're right. You know, maybe I do need to start imposing my will more. And, you know, last year we had this, that, things have changed, but... You know, no excuses. I got to step it up. And um, they played the Celtics tonight. And I was before, you know, before the game even started, I just was thinking, like, I want to see how he comes out and responds. He's going to be on TNT tonight. Um, yeah. He had 38 points. He shot 12 of 21 from the field and 12 of 14 from the three-point line. Or, excuse me, from the free throw line. Two of three from the three-point line. 13 rebounds. Uh, you know, just kind of doing it. In every way, he had a, a clutch block at the end of the game on Daniel Tice to kind of seal it, if you ask me. And yeah, and clutch free throws as well. Clutch free throws in the game. He ended the game in Denver on clutch free throws um, a couple nights ago. So, you know, I think if Joel Embiid does play like this, you know, 100% every night, um, there's nobody that could stay in front and try to stop him. 
when he's on his game, I think he's just too big, you know, for anybody and, and too mobile with his feet for anybody to try to just stay in front of him, especially as a center. Like, Jokic is too slow. Bam would be, you know, a little small. Yeah. He's got that size. Um, a guy like Anthony Davis, you know, it's going to come down to who's going to bang more because Anthony Davis has footwork, Anthony Davis has length, and he has size, but Joel Embiid's kind of bigger, you know what I mean? And um, mm-hmm. if he's just trying to impose his will on a guy like that, I can see it working, and I can see him truly, truly just taking over every game that he tries. Yeah. And the, the, like you said, the only question is consistency. Can he do it can, you know, consistently on a day-in-a-day-out basis? A lot of people thought, you know, after the Toronto loss in the playoff last year, you know, the scene of him crying and just people were like, okay, like now next year he's going to take it more serious and he's just going to come in and bang and dominate. But I think what we're seeing, and we talked about a little bit before, I think what we're seeing is, like he said, the team has changed, the dynamic has changed. I think it's just, it's really hard, at least where they are now in their careers, for him and Ben Simmons to coexist. We see a lot of duos that can not only coexist, but I think the big thing that makes a a dynamic duo what it is, is the the ability to play off each other and make each other better. And we're seeing that with Anthony Davis and LeBron. It's just like... It's... it's, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Yeah, yeah, it's hand in glove. So I just think because the problem has been, you know... Embiid has been more of the well. Embiid's supposed to be the more you know dominant in the right. paint, back down, get easy jumpers. He can't stretch the floor every now and again right. if, if he if he has to. Right. But that's where your bread and butter is. You know, I'd say twelve to f- twelve, paint, yeah, twelve yeah. to fifteen feet. The, the only problem has been that's also been where Ben Simmons is, and Ben Simmons isn't by choice. It's because <laughs> up until this point he's had to. He's limited. Yeah. Now we do see him obviously working on his jump shot and trying to play more and more away from the basket. And he has to he has to learn when to pick and choose his spots. So I think their roles were switched. You know, they were doing yeah, the opposite yeah. of what, you know, the other one should be doing. One staying out, the wrong one staying Yeah, the wrong out. one staying out, the wrong one staying in. So I think, and then this year, I think Embiid, in, in you know, I think we're seeing obviously Ben Simmons take that step forward and trying to, you know, be more... Dynamic right. and obviously and develop you know, the you jump shot. Remember, they lost a JJ Redick and a Bellinelli. Yeah, they lost. Years, yeah, they lost their shooting. Yeah. He's has to. He's had to kind of you know figure out how to. Where is he going to play? Like, is he going to stretch? Is he going to just stay in the right. paint? Is he going to kick out the shooters? Is he going to have to play you know Joel and ball you know more more than than anybody else? You know, is he going to have to you know keep that ball in in the paint? You know, it, it's a lot to kind of um, just switch. In one year, mm-hmm. but at but th- the end of the day, his skill set calls for it. You right. Know what I mean, but I think a lot of that comes from the matchup that you have that night. You know, you have to look at right. you know you have to look at the other roster and like, right. okay, what what calls for me to do yep. this game? I think if he kind of simplifies it in that aspect, yeah. like obviously he's seen it tonight because who on the Boston team is going to stop him in the paint? Yeah. You know, Cantor. I mean, I mean although Cantor can do it for a quarter. You know, it's not something that you're going to get all game. You know, they're going to be able to stop Joel Embiid. That's not that's not how it works. I mean, he's too big. He's too big. And mm-hmm. if, if he has the energy and the health, that's probably his biggest thing. You know, he gets to the playoffs 
and he's broken down by the playoffs. So yeah. he needs, you know, he had his face injury a couple years ago, and then he had his like knee injury or his back injury last year. Just holds him out and and doesn't let him, you know, play. really develop a, a rhythm or exactly. flow. Yeah, you know, versus the Nets, he saved their series, but. There was a lot of times where the Nets were in the games because Joel Embiid had to come out for such extended times, and it wouldn't help. So, I think the big thing is, like I said, him, him, and Ben Simmons need to get together and talk about you know what they're trying to do going forward because they, they, the Sixers only going to go as far as those two can carry them as long as those two are on that team. So I think they need to get together. I don't really know the relationship or the you know rapport that they have. We don't really see it too much. Right. Um, but I think whatever it is, I think they need to get together. If they're really about winning, if they're really about taking this team to the next level, they need to figure it out both on and off the court. Yeah. So that's that. That's Philly. Um, I want to talk some Miami because Miami's been playing very well. Six and six. Have we now? Six and one in the last seven. Um, you know, we're beating the teams that we need to beat undefeated at home. Which is big from last year because last year we were not doing that. Right. And, and, in these last few games, I'm glad that they've battled and handled their adversity versus teams that they should beat and they've had beaten, you know, a big, big time, you know, earlier in the season. But uh, we do get battle tested versus Chicago on Sunday. We get battle tested again uh, versus the other night. Atlanta. Atlanta when Trey Young thought it was over. And, and this team just sticks together. They they let everybody else, you know, they let everybody do their thing. Whoever's going to hit it, hit it, you know, get the ball to the best opportunity. And there's no question. Jimmy just leads this team and the energy. We saw historic nights, uh, you know, a couple times this season where Duncan Robinson goes for nine threes. And then, you know, versus the Hawks, he hits 10. Jimmy gets another triple-double after he won, you know, player of the week. Uh, player, of the, player of the week, was it? Player of the yeah, week. Yeah, player of the week. Um, with two triple doubles last week, he gets another one and with a uh, career high career rebounds. high rebounds. That's what it was. Eighteen. Bam Adebayo gets his first career thirty point game and first career triple double. Correct? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. His new, his new career high. Right. Thirty and his first career triple double. And then Duncan Robinson goes off for thirty four, thirty two. With 10 threes, that's his career yeah, high? Yeah, 10 for 14 from the three. That's his career high and ties the team's record. And then Kendrick Nunn, 36 With a quiet points. 36. Like, and, but, we forgot but, about Kendrick what Nunn. What it was was like Kendrick Nunn held the team in the game oh, while yeah. everybody else kind of struggled and And, and then they got slow. hot towards the end, yeah. yeah. Jimmy had to kind of bring them back at the in the clutch moment, but Kendrick held them through, you know, and Kept making the tough shots, yeah. making those, you know, mid-range and layups and threes. Uh, just to keep that game flowing if anybody was going to do it. And also shout out Derrick Jones Jr. for the consistent defense all game long. Yep. And we see him getting better and better every every, every game, yeah. every week. We got two top five rookies. Uh, you know, when you can have Tyler Hero do what he did and close us out, 16 of the last 18 points, three or four uh, big threes to take the leader tie the game at the end of the game versus the Bulls at home, protecting the home floor with the record and, and you know, being down. Um, and then have a struggle night where, you know, he goes 0 for 6, but in a clutch moment he gets put in the game for, from trust. But Kendrick Nunn, the other rookie that you have, is holding it down with 36 points this game, right? Like yeah. you don't get that 36-point performance if Tyler Hero's hitting shots. Right. Tyler Hero got 14 points. Kendrick Nunn's not going to have 36. So it's it's a great balance. It's it's a great, you know, if you're off, I'll pick you up. And, and just the leadership from Jimmy and Bam 
you know, everybody's contributing. It's pretty exciting to see. Uh, we got the Lakers tomorrow. Obviously, this will be listened to by the time this outcome is already out. Uh, but just protecting the home floor. And I know we're going to be without Dragic, without Winslow. Uh, but the way that we played on the road that day, I know that that's going to carry on to this game because, uh, you know, it was it was pretty poor when we played the Lakers the first time. Uh, I think that this, this, is their, this is our only chance to beat them at home this year. We're going to yeah. fight for that record. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying we, we win this game, but I think we give a way better effort and the defense comes out way, way more tight. And, uh, you know, yeah, cause they we, don't get off to that quick start. Yeah, because, like yeah, the way the schedule has been, we get a lot of tough teams off the back-to-back, and we were playing them off the back-to-back, <clears> especially on a road trip. So it's early in the season, you still, you know, get, getting, getting your legs under you. So, yeah, us being at home this time around – uh, have you know it's you know not a back to back right so i think like i said i think we're going to win hoping we're going to win because i think it's one thing which is which is still huge like i said we weren't doing it last year we weren't beating the teams that we're supposed to right. beat winning the winning the way we're supposed to win and i mean this year and we weren't defending the home court at all we were mm-hmm. one of the worst yep. teams at home last year um we are also undefeated in overtime games this 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 year, and it's just a lot of good stuff happening. So I think, I you know I'm looking forward to, you know more tests. You know right. the the, right. the LA's uh, both Milwaukee LA's again. the Milwaukee's again. I'm definitely looking Boston forward to again. see Boston and Philly. Philly again. So Denver, it's, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be you know we're gonna pick up. I mean. And rightfully so, we are, you know, getting, as time goes on, more recognition and that it's not just Philly in the East. It's not just, you know, Boston in the East or right. Milwaukee. We're, we're up we're up there. I mean, yeah. I mean, right now we're number two. National TV starting to notice now. Yeah. I mean, right now we're number two. We are number two in the East. Yeah. Yeah. We're number two in the East. And so, we're uh, sitting at 18 to six. So that's exciting. I mean, we haven't gotten off to one of these Good start since the Big Three era. So obviously, this is a good team. This is a different team. It's a team that's winning games and and has a lot, a big chance to be successful deep in the playoffs. So and I think Jimmy said it best. I think the only team that can beat the Heat is themselves. Yeah, I mean you see it. You guys watch a Heat game and you'll see what we're saying. Um, we'll jump to the NFL. We'll get back into the NBA after this week. Um, you know, we'll let that keep brewing there. Hopefully the Heat do their thing versus the Lakers, but it's a couple teams in the NFL that have to do their thing versus their opponent. Yeah, these last three weeks are um, going to be clutch for a and lot week 15, of teams. Week 15 is going to be telling. Yeah, it's going to be telling. So let's start with AFC South divisional matchup. Let's actually start with the MVP of the league going for four more touchdowns today versus the Jets, making it look easy, running for over 70 yards um, and beating – Michael Vick's all-time record for most rushing yards in a season. Shout out to Lamar Jackson. Um, they've got another win. They're like eleven and three in the last. They're eleven and three right now. This is their best start in franchise history. Who would have thought that when Joe Flacco leaves, the best would be? You know, the best is yet to come. Um, not I, but we're I think here. Harbaugh definitely, hands down, probably Harbaugh should win Coach of the Year. Yeah, because not as so as somewhat simple as the idea sounds, 
not a lot of coaches are gonna sit here and be sit down with a player and be like, how can we build this team around you? How can we mold Seriously. this offense to benefit Seriously. you? And then it's like either 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 you gotta give credit to him doing it by himself and saying, I'm gonna just look at Lamar Jackson and I'm gonna implement what I feel like is the best offense for him. Mm-hmm. Or you sit with Lamar and you say what do you want? What are we doing? Yeah. So whichever one of those was the answer or, or that really happened, you got to give credit to that because he that's a ballsy decision to say, I'm going to just base off an offense that I think, you know, with his skill set, we can ball in. Or I'm going to sit him down, talk to him and see what he wants to do with this team as a young player. And, and that that's crazy if you think about it like that. So, uh, I you know. They handle their business. They're going to clinch. They'll probably bench Lamar next week or, or in week 17, actually. They were talking about that. And, you know, he's got the unanimous MVP. If it was kind of still up for grabs, they'd probably play him. But um, as long as oh, they no, got the no, AFC number one it's seed. It's not even close. It's and, not even close. Uh, you know, Lamar's getting that. He should sit out and um, wait for those playoffs. But playoff-implicated matchup, like I said, in the AFC South, Titans, Texans, and we're going to get that game uh, live from Nashville at 1 o'clock. Titans have their second longest active streak. They've won four straight games. Mm-hmm. They just came off of demolishing the Raiders. Uh, Tannehill's playing some of his best football of his career. Deshaun Watson is, we don't know, you know, which, which Texans we're going to get. Right? Yeah. Um, that defense is suspect one week. They play lights out another week. Um, well, you know, notice they played really good against the Patriots, and we've talked about that offense before. Uh, they're going to have to play a really good team who's playing really good uh, running the ball fo- uh, right now. Yeah, Tannehill's passing the ball effectively right now and efficiently, Especially and they don't really make action. a lot of mistakes, right? Uh, with the defense that's playing solid. So yeah. this is going to be a, a fun game, and... You know, hopefully, I'm hoping that the Texans, uh, the Texans lose this game, and you know, the Titans. If 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 one of them is gonna win a division, like let the Titans win, right? Ryan Tannehill be a nice little story. Um, no, I definitely think the Titans will, will win this game. I think momentum. the Titans, yeah, the, yeah, they have momentum, and they're just a more complete and a more sound football team. They, you know, not only offensively, but clearly defensively, they have their identity. They know what their bread and butter is. Yep. And the Texans, offensively, I mean, they know outside of the realm of Deshaun Watson, they really don't know, you know, what their direction is. Yeah, they have DeAndre Hopkins, who was a top five receiver in in the league. They haven't really been utilizing him this year. I mean, he's kind of been under the radar. We've seen some other receivers kind of step up for the mantle of number one. And obviously, lack of run game is continuously going to, you know, going to kill them because it makes them, you know, as, as good as Deshaun is with his feet, and he is, a, I would say, a close to almost a prolific passer right. in the league. But even so, I mean, when when, he, when you're one-dimensional, you're one-dimensional, and there's no way around it. And I think that's what, obviously what Tannehill has because that run game opens up a lot. And, you know, he, he's really good in play action. Uh, he has a great arm. He's accurate on the run. Mm-hmm. He can has great you know presence in the pocket, and then the, yeah, that defense, you know, they they they've seen this Deshaun Watson. They've seen it time and time again. They know what's coming. They know what they can do and they know right. what they can't do. So yeah, I just see Tennessee picking up the win, and I will say that if which I think they will, 
if Tennessee makes the playoffs, whoever has to play them in round one, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Whether I don't care if it's the Patriots or or whoever it may be, it's going to be tough. That is. And um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, like, like after these games, you know, because you lose this game, you're going to have to win, you know. And, and if you don't win now, now, like, here's your chance, you right? Yeah. Especially against your division. Uh, if we're going to take a look at week 16, we'll talk about the Texans. They got to play the Buccaneers, right? And the Buccaneers... Jameis Winston's odd season has just become more odd every year. He leads the league in turnovers, but he leads the league, he's second in the league in passing yards, and he's second in the league in passing touchdowns. So the ball is getting thrown. And and numbers-wise, he's got two of the top five receivers in the league. And, Your uh, defense better watch out, right? But actually, I think Mike Evans is not playing. I'm pretty sure he's right. Injured. Mike Evans is done for the year. So yeah. that helps them a lot. Chris Godwin is actually leading, you know, uh, he's top in the league right now. But but Buccaneers aren't really playing for nothing. So I think this game becomes then a little more important for the Titans. Obviously, it's super important for both teams because it's a divisional game and it's their chance to say, listen, we beat you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the Titans got to go And especially because the they have to play each other again. Right. So you know whatever right. team wins this first matchup, going to the next matchup, that psychologically will right. give you an edge. Right. Especially because, and it's not like, you know, they're playing each other week five and then playing each other week 15 because the team has changed whether it yeah. be good for good or bad. You change a lot within 10 yeah. weeks. You're playing a team week 15, then you're playing the team again week 17. That's where I think the kind of the scheduling kind of hurts the uh, Titans because – you know they're playing really good, uh, but the Texans get to play get to play the Buccaneers. You know the week after they got to play the Saints, and then they got to play with you know play each other right after. So it's going to be tough. I think the Titans really have to win this game if they want to make the playoffs. Um, if they don't win this game, I don't see them making the playoffs. Uh, I think it's I think, possible. It's I think same sure could be possible. said. I think same could be said for for uh, Houston. I just don't think the Texans blow this game versus Tampa Bay. Um, Obviously, you know, looking at it from from bird's eye, uh, same could be said for Denver. But then Drew Locke and the boys sure. came and dropped thirty. For sure. So for sure, you, 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 you never, just never know. Yeah, never know. But uh, that's that game. We also wanted to talk about the Cowboys because their playoff hopes are still alive. And for some odd reason, we still want to talk about the Cowboys because they're the Cowboys. Because and, that's what the people demand. They demand know, the boys. Trying to expedite Jason Garrett's firing. Um, and they got a tough matchup versus a team that's trying to get to their third consecutive playoff bout in the Rams. Which and, isn't going to happen, but I mean, I think they're kind of in the same predicament as the Cowboys. Only difference is Cowboys' division is way worse and they actually are viable somehow, some way. And I think they're on, what, maybe a three game skid at this point. It's looking bad. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's so crazy, these teams, that a year ago, they're playing each other in the playoffs. Cowboys, you know, people thought were viable. I, yep. thought, they're, I thought going to this season, they would be more viable than they were last season. Right. And then you had the Rams, who people, you know, thought were the clear-cut favorite to come out of the NFC, which... 
they did. I don't think they were clear cut, but they did come out of the NFC. And a year removed, this is where we are with the teams. Obviously, the Cowboys are kind of worse for wear because you know or you would think that a change in coaching and the staff is coming. The Rams, on the other hand, I mean, we've seen it. I don't know. I don't know or think it's going to be as detrimental, but we've seen it with the Falcons. You come off a uh, Super Bowl loss the next year, I think it's detrimental depending, you know, how you bounce back and they have not right. really shown it. And granted, it's a lot to do with health. Right. With, you know, <clears throat> Gurley, uh, and that's a big part of their offense. The golf, can he live up to the expectation of, you know. What they paid him. What they paid him. And, you know, clearly on the defensive side of the ball, we're, they're still trying to figure it out yeah, because they, I think they've realized Aaron Donald's think, not enough. I think the Rams are a good team. We know they are. Obviously, their health has hurt them, and, and Jared Goff's play has kind of hurt them. But they do have one of the best wide receiving cores in the league. Yeah. They do have one of the best running backs in the league who hasn't been used that much this year so far. Um, the Rams got to play the Cowboys. Then they got to play the 49ers. Mm. Then they got to play... Was it the Seahawks? Week 17, the Rams got to play the Cardinals, right? Three winnable games. Let's just look at this. Let's take this. Let's just look at this. The Rams got to play in the last three weeks. They're 8-5 and five right now. They got to play the Cowboys, winnable. The 49ers, divisional game. I wouldn't say they win that game, but it's a winnable game. And then the Cardinals, another winnable game, divisional game. Um, if they run that table and go 11-5, and five, the 49ers... They're still not going to make it. The 49ers are 11-2 and two right now. They beat the Rams, I believe, the first time. The 49ers? Yeah. Yeah. They, oh, yeah, they had that fourth and goal stop. I remember that. So they beat the Rams the first time. They got to play... This coming week, they have to play... Uh, I just saw it. One moment. Talking about the Rams? Yeah, no, the uh, 49ers. 49ers got to play the Falcons. Okay, so this is where it gets interesting. They got to play the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what Atlanta we're going to see, right? I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Calvin Ridley but, might be But out. we know what 49ers we're going to see. We do. We do. This is where it gets interesting because it's just, hey... Week 14, week or excuse me, week 15, let's just say the 49ers go and drop an egg, right? They drop an egg to the Falcons. It happens. They got the best of us. Mm-hmm. Now's not the time to afford it happens. So if they do lose this game, the 49ers, and then they go on to play the Rams. Yeah. They're trying to settle their beefs right there. You know, the Rams. But also, 40, and, I think 49ers are at home that game. It's fine. It's a divisional game. Yeah. 49ers won on the road earlier, right? They yeah. beat the Rams on the road. Why can't the Rams come in and beat them? The Rams aren't a bad team. They're, they're struggling this year. And the 49ers are a beatable team that doesn't seem like they want to lose right now. But let's just go with it. They play the Rams. Hey, I don't know. All I know is that if they do lose that game to the Rams, and they did end up losing this game to the Falcons, week 17, they're going to have to go and play the Seahawks. It just doesn't get easier. 
That's my only point. It doesn't get easier. And as nice as this season started, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And I was the one telling you that this team was going to get to the playoffs. This team was going to do their thing. I didn't say they was going to win the division. I said they have a chance to. I didn't say they were going to win it. And I still think they really can. They probably will. But... I think Seattle's got it. I game. think this NFC West is still up for grabs in three ways. Statistically speaking, yes. Yeah, of course. The I N- still numbers wise, yeah. Scheduling, maybe possibly viable, maybe. But let's let's just go with the eyes test. You really think that for first of all, I don't think any given Sunday. I forty ers are going to win at least two out of the last three. At least. Because I do think, even though I think, like I said, I think Seattle is the best team in the NFC. and Obviously, I have them winning the division. Mm-hmm. But the way the 49ers have played and the way they played against the Saints, I wouldn't rule out the realm of possibility that they could go into Seattle and sneak, and, you know, sneak out of there with 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 a win, yeah. Don't put out the realm of possibility. Right. I do have them clear cut favorite over Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I do have them as clear cut favorite over. I mean, they could to the tables and just went out. I just don't see. And and the, also the thing, the other thing is the NFC. Well, the NFC East are clearly going to have one. Yeah. NFC South clearly going to have one. So, do you think the North? I don't do you, think that's the North, and that's my question. That's where we talk about do now. You, do, yeah, do you think it's more viable that we have two teams come out of the North or three teams come out of the West? I mean, I would think two out of the North uh, is more viable because the Steelers kind of are right in their own destiny right now. You know what I mean? And it's up to them, but. Three teams out of the West, as possible as we just spoke about it. Um, I just think it's less possible. I, I do think it's possible, and it's really good. It's possible. It's really. Well, mind you, talking about the NFC North. Oh, NFC North. Okay. 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 So, I mean, obviously, it's going to be between right, right. Packers and Vikings. Vikings. Right. So then I, I'm, yeah. So then I think the Packers and the Vikings both make the playoffs over three teams, you know, coming out of that West. Um, and it's probably going to be, you know, the Rams that fall short. But they have that chance. And, and if they want to kind of go for it. I mean, especially segue into the next game, mm-hmm. the last game we're going to bring up. We do have the Packers versus the Bears this week. Yeah. And obviously. That no, was the game we were supposed to talk about. It's funny that we started talking about the Rams. Yeah. But it got But it's still viable. It got interesting. But, I mean. Like you said, statistically wise, Bears are still in it, but not really. Right. So it comes down to that's why I like this game, Steelers Bills Sunday night. That's huge. This game right. That's here. That's the biggest game of the week. Steelers will started the season one and four. They've won seven of their last eight. They've got two different, three different starting quarterbacks this year. They've you know been been down. James Conner a few games. Juju. Juju's been hurt. Their their second best wide receiver is that Washington kid out of Oregon, out of Oklahoma State. Yeah, been playing his ass off, and uh, their backup Snell, running back is playing good. Yeah, Snell coming. Snell and uh, what's his name? Um, catching that. back. Yeah, I can't remember. But uh, Samuels. Ah, Samuels. So 
the, and then their defense, you know, is the top defense in the league. Lead Which the league in who sacks would have turnovers. thought? Hey, listen, T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, back there. I mean, Minka. And Minka, I, I guess both teams won that trade. Making noise, making noise. So I'm excited for this game because this 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 is like Buffalo. Look, the playoffs are kind of right in your face. You're gonna have to beat the Patriots, right? You don't have to, have to, but. Mm. If you lose this game, you're going to have to beat the Patriots. And you don't want to make it. Buffalo has to beat the Patriots in Foxborough. You already lost to the Patriots at home. Yeah. Fourth game of the season. Yeah. You don't want to make it. Bills need to win a must-win playoff entry versus the Patriots on the road. You're not going to the playoffs. So you need to take care of business on the road in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a tough game because of the environment and because of defense. And your quarterback being you know liable to throw an interception or fumble the ball here or there. Um, but this has got to be easy work. If you plan to be a wild card playoff team out of a strong, uh, you know, a good AFC, um, you're going to have to beat a good team. The Steelers have kind of been on this fantasy run for a few weeks, and, and I think it kind of dies out right here. I think the Ravens uh, played a good game versus the Bills, and the Bills held it down. Obviously, the better team won that game, but... Um, you know, I do think the Bills can hang with the toughest in the league, just, mm-hmm. you know, going blow for blow, uh, possession by possession. And I do think that these teams will have a close eye on the Texans-Titans game because right now, I mean, the AFC West is clearly going to have only one team. Right. But right now, the North, the East, and the South are all viable yep. for wild cards. So, yeah, especially these two teams and kind of where they're at right now in the, in the season. Um, can Buffalo bounce back? I mean, even though they obviously they played the best team in football last week. Yeah. And, you know, a win against the Cowboys is, nowadays really yeah, isn't saying much. For but, I mean, I, with the Steelers, shout out Mike Tomlin. And I think he's definitely up for Coach of the Year, even though I think John Harbaugh is the clear cut winner. But definitely uh, Mike Tomlin deserves praise and credit. All right. Um, but it's kind of like, like you said, like they've been on this fantasy run, and I think we're kind of, I think it's only a matter of time, and as great of a coach as Mike Tomlin is, and his staff, it's only a matter of time before injuries just catch up to you. Yeah. I mean, we're in week 15. Yeah. It's it's only a matter of time, and I think, you know, Josh Allen is only getting better. That defense is still sustainable. Yeah. They are fighting their run game, and what works for them with Singletary and, and Gore um, Cole Beasley is kind of is I think that's kind of Josh Allen's number one target right now. Yep. They're developing a good yep. uh, relationship, so I think just right now where they're catching each other is crucial. But I do have Buffalo winning yeah. this game. It will be close though. This Steelers team, just so we know before we head out, they're leading the league in takeaways and in uh, sacks. The last team mm. to lead the league in takeaways and sacks was the nineteen seventy four Steelers. And I think, didn't uh, Watt, wasn't he Defensive Player of the Month? Yes, sir. It runs in the family, man. So it's going to be an exciting week 15 in the NFL. Um, a a lot of viable games. It's going to be an exciting January, I would say. You know, rest of December, January, um, going into the NBA season, you know, getting deeper into that, looking at, you know, potential all-stars. And then, you know, as far as baseball, I guess we'll have, you know, those, those other free agent signings. But uh, college football playoff talk, bowl bowl game talk. We'll start getting into that all probably coming, next, week or, next week or in the week after that. Uh, as far as everything else, catch you guys next week. Uh, yeah.
Pulling out the coupe at the lot Told him for a 12 for a swap Buzzing all the bells out the box I just hit a lick with the box Had to put the stick in the box mm. Pour up the whole damn seal I'ma get lazy I got the mojo deals We been trapping like the 80s She said the nigga so Got the cash out Told him wipe a nigga no Say slash slash I won't never sell my soul And I can back that and I really wanna know Where you at, where? I was at back, where the stash at? Cruise the city in a bulletproof Cadillac Cause I know these niggas out there where the bag at Gotta move smarter, gotta move harder Nigga try to give me five my water I lay his ass down on my son, on my daughter I had the Draco with me, Dwayne Carter Lot of niggas out here playing, ain't ballin' I done put my whole arm in the rim, Vince Carter And I know poppy get a key for the quarter Shawty belly seen the double C's, I bought her Got a bitch that's looking like a Leah, she a model Twelve fuck swat, busting all the bells out the box. I just hit a lick with the box, had to put the stick in the box. Mm. Pour up the whole damn seal, I'ma get lazy. I got the mojo deals, we been trapping like the '80s. She said the nigga so got the cash out. Told him wipe a nigga no. Say slash slash, I won't never sell my soul, and I can back that. And I really wanna know. I been moving them out and steal it with me, then he got the blues in the pouch Took her to the forest, put the wood in the mouth Bitch, don't wear no shoes in my house The private I'm flying in, I never wanna fly again I take my chances in traffic She sucking no dick, no hands with it I just made the rolly plane like a London strip I'm a 2020 president candidate I done put a hundred bands on Zimmerman shit I been moving real gangsta, so that's why she pick a crib Shawty call me Chris Cole, cause I pop my shit Got it out the mud, there's nothing you can tell me yeah, when I had a job, South Street wealthy. Yeah, I had the coupe at the lot. Told him for a 12 fuck swap. Buzzing all the bells out the box. I just hit a lick with the box. Had to put the stick in the box. Mm. Pour up the whole damn seal. I'ma get lazy. I got the mojo deals. We been trapping like the 80s. She said the nigga so. Got the cash out. Told him wipe a nigga no. Say slash slash. My soul, and I can back that, and I really wanna know.